Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Not the best of clearances. Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Grant in for Holland! Like he's never been away! The man in front of goal who is simply deadly. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the BVB podcast. My name's Jake. I've got Carver with me. How are you doing, man? Great. Yourself? Pretty, pretty well. Um, we're, we're, it might, we might sound a little different this time because we are doing the show virtually because uh, mm-hmm. it's 2022. You can do that. So we're trying it out. Um, so yeah, if if you're like, why why do we why do they sound weird? That's why we've been sitting in like a really nice studio before, but now we're both sitting in the comfort of our our houses, not wearing real pants. I think I'm not wearing real pants. I can't see your pants, Carver. But <laughs> I'm completely naked, and I've oh, always great. sounded weird. So <laughs> cool. Uh, um, so with that intro, I might need to swap out one of those and add the Dahood reaction. I don't yeah, yeah. remember exactly what it sounded like, but I imagine it was a crazy commentating spectacle that I might yeah. need to throw in on that intro. Um, of course, this week uh, we're coming off the game against Frankfurt, which was uh, insane. Um, we're going to get into it all. Um, I was not like excited watching the game. I was really sad most of the time until <laughs> the 70th minute. Um, no, probably actually later than that, 80-something yeah. minute. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we'll We'll also preview our next uh couple games we have in the next week but um first thing i want to point out carver uh we put our our little on on twitter our lovely twitter i put um oh i did not mention this last time in the last episode i forgot if you want to follow us on twitter at the bvb podcast also um i realized after we recorded last week i was like i did not give any of our plugs you can also find us on any anywhere you listen to podcasts spotify apple music or Apple Podcasts, I guess, Google, all, all those places, iHeartRadio, we're, we're, wherever you want to listen to podcasts, you can find us anywhere. So I put out your lineup prediction for the game, and you pretty much pretty much nailed it spot on, except Von Gratchich wasn't in there. Yeah, Chan in the Chan. center back, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that as well. So what what were your thoughts seeing that lineup uh, and your, your thoughts leading up to the game? That's I, I feel like you could go back and forth between Chan and Von Gratchich for having – you know, the partnership with him and, um, and Hubble. So I mean, you're going to have your positives and negatives for both of those players. So it was just a matter of who I was thinking was going to be in that slot for the back four, um, going into the game. I know last week I mentioned that I felt a little pessimistic and I guessed that we were predicted that we were going to lose two one. And I mean, I thought that even just moments before the game as well, but just like, I mean, I say this every week, and I'll say it probably for the rest of the season. But every single game we play is just a roller coaster of emotions, and you're just clinching the entire time. There, there hasn't been a single game this season where you're not clinching. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was a bit stressful. We were te- it was stressful. It, we were texting before the game. Oh, because well, okay, Bayern. We got we have to talk about Bayern played on Friday, mm-hmm. loss to Gladbach, and so we're like, oh, this is. Great. My first thought is, oh, this is great. We can get back into it with our win tomorrow. And then we were texting and you're like, yeah, we're probably going to blow it. I was like, dude, why'd you put that? Why'd you put that negative thought in my head? You're right. We probably are going to blow it. We're going to stay nine points down. 
uh, we ended up pulling it out, which which we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, usually every time Bayern drops points, the next day we're going to follow that path and drop points ourselves, which always bites us in the ass come the end of the season. But yeah, it, I mean, it looks even worse too. Looking back at our last three games of the season, where we should have raked in nine points and and we dropped a ton of points, and it's like if we would have finished twenty twenty one well then we would be in a much better position and yeah i mean we're six points off is, is better than what it could be but yeah i just wanted yeah. to hit on that because uh it is, it is it's a factor going into uh all the doom and gloom that we might that some people love to talk about yeah and coming back from two i wanted to start off pop quiz for you jake do you know the last time that we came back from being two down and winning um, no, I don't. And I feel like, I feel like since you asked me, it was probably a long time ago, but although looking mm-hmm. at our, I don't have a great memory, um, <laughs> but I, I want to say looking at our score lines, it's like, maybe it was more recently. Um, but no, I, I don't know when it was. I'm assuming it was a while ago. I was shocked at the answer as well when I found out, but it was two years ago, almost on the day whenever Erling Holland oh. uh, came back for his Hattie against augsburg yeah they, they, they even talked about i forgot they talked about that before the game it wasn't a talking point like during the game i don't think mm-hmm. because he he didn't score but uh yeah that, and yeah he made his debut like two years ago to the day pretty much and yeah i got that hat trick yeah crazy yeah we did last hey. last week we talked about how uh it'd been like two years exactly since he signed and then not even knowing the significance significance yeah, exactly. of that being is like two years game actual games played Oh, was mm-hmm. so so this time around would have been nice if you got another hat trick. That would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. But save it for another day. We'll take another Erling hat trick uh, this week against Freiburg. You know. Yeah. Um. Before we, uh, so I mean, we'll get into the game, but before we like talk specifics, because there's a lot of specifics. Um. Mm-hmm. I I just want to know like your overall thoughts, and I'll I'll start with mine because I right after the game I just typed up a bunch of like, oh, this is how I feel, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I. My first my first note that I took was slow, sloppy, and shithousery. <laughs> Mainly the shithousery was at the, the very end of the game. I was about to say, it went, yeah, with Holland, yeah. And I loved it. And usually that's yeah. just one of those things where you just hate when another team does that stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I loved that at the end. Just overall, though, despite like the, the comeback and getting those goals, I even think some of those goals were sloppy. And uh, it just did not fill me with confidence, even watching that game. Of course, I was excited. And I was really hyped after it, but I'm still just like, I'm not that confident. I wanted to start 2022 with a good win and with a lot of confidence. But uh, that's how I'm feeling. I mean, that's fair that it wasn't a confident win by any means, but we grinded out the result and we won at Frankfurt, which is huge. You know, a lot of people talk about our mentality and lacking any sort of grit at times. And this is, these are the games that you need to win to become champions. You know, these are the games that you cannot drop points. So absolutely it wasn't a win that, you know, we were kind of thinking the whole time that we're going to pull away with the dub, but uh, overall, I mean, first five or 10 minutes, decent, looked focused, had some decent chances. And then for the remaining 50 or 60 minutes after that, I can't think of much of any highlights. It was, borderline unwatchable at times there we had little to no defensive cohesion or structure in our attacks or uh defense didn't look like we have much of any chemistry just 
yeah, I mean, sloppy for sure. Like yeah. you mentioned already. I mean, we had a handful of players that were losing the ball needlessly. Uh, Munier was one of them, even though I've been praising him a lot in recent weeks. He was looking a little worrying at times until the end, obviously, when he pulled uh, through with the assist. But um, some stats for you. We created 17 chances as opposed to Frankfurt's nine, which is, you know, almost doubled them, which is pretty surprising given we had pretty much a f- entire hour without creating much of anything from like, again, the 10th minute or so to like the 60th or 65th when we made our sub. Uh, I know we mentioned last week, we talked about our uh, statistics with passing. Completed 551 passes that game, and Frankfurt only had 270. So again, almost doubled that as well. So we had chances created and passing that we doubled compared to Frankfurt, as well as um, I had one other stat, but escaping my mind at the moment. <laughs> well, so on on passing, I I don't remember what the actual like percentage was at the end of the game, but at mm-hmm. halftime, I was surprised because watching that game, like I, I said. Slow and slop, sloppy. The slow thing, it just seemed like we, we were not – anytime we, like, we won the ball back, it was very slow moving up the field. And it, yeah, and we didn't have like any ideas no, either. We just people, kind of just like looked up for like, oh, we have the ball now. Guys were just standing around, not making runs, just slowly like – and our backs were just slowly walking up the field, just not creating anything. And then the, the passes, like you said, we completed – I mean, we had a, a, t- a lot of passes, but at halftime I saw the – it felt like we weren't making or completing any passes. Yeah. Um, but at halftime, like meaningful our, passes at least, I think that's, that's the key. That was the thing. Like we at halftime, the passing percentage was like 83 or 86. And I was like, no way that's right. Cause going into yeah. halftime, I was like, I was specifically excited to like see the passing percentage. Cause it felt like we were giving everything away and I was ready to see it be at like 50%. But it's like, I think we were so slow with the ball that we we're making these dinky little passes around the back not creating much and then it's like all the meaningful passes where we try to send a through ball or anything it's like maybe we'd make like eight dinky passes and then mm-hmm. we'd miss it like next two or whatever we're just horrendous and so like you said meaningful passes is a big thing like we didn't create any chances through through those passes so even though our percentage might have been decent looking it was not it did not feel like that way watching it it's pretty yeah horrendous. And- and that's fair. And and sticking to the first half, I know the two goals that we conceded didn't really look uh, different at all to what the goals that were normally conceding. One came of a set piece, and we we struggled with set pieces for the last several years. So no surprise there. Every time there's a set piece conceded uh, anywhere in our half, like anywhere, I'm instantly already clenching. I'm like, you know, we have a lot of trouble organizing our back line and uh, covering and marking. So there was really no surprise there that we conceded on that one. And second one as well, even, you know, I, I mentioned before last week that it looked like a lot of their attacks are going to come from the left side coming from caustic, uh, from Frankfurt. And looks like that's kind of, you know, how it panned out. So that was yeah. exactly the stats too. I, I love the, how, uh, statistically ept the Bundesliga is they just always like put so many stats that you don't see in in games and that's one of the like the attacking threats like as far as directionally like what side their teams are running down and that was obviously their big one uh like you called um and yeah on that second goal I don't remember the exact buildup but I I know sloppy Mm -hmm. mistake like Royce like fumbled the ball in the 18 I mean it was great of him to come back get in the way and almost 
win the ball. Like he literally, like, in, I think he intercepted something, but then just missed, kicked it, tripped yeah, around his feet, and yeah, couldn't find his feet or the yeah. ball. And and he's and, and not like him messing up, but he has had a number of instances this uh, season where he's came back and played basically center back or like a very deep lying defensive mid because not a lot of people are back. So, you know, yeah. all praise to him for having that work rate, but just in that moment, yeah, he just couldn't find his bearings and completely lost the ball. And that, in that extremely dangerous position, which, you know, you're going to get punished for that. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it sucks that that happened because he's doing the right thing and he's, he's outworking so many people. Um, we talked about last week about him, I think distance covered or most runs and sprints or intensive runs are like, he's top three in the league. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's unfortunate that him coming back to try something good ended in a mistake and a a goal kind of against him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I know. So going into the second half, uh, was not feeling great. Obviously I don't think pretty much any of us were, um, but I'm, I'm not really someone to ever turn off a game. I mean, very rarely, if ever. So I was like, obviously, just going to stick this out and watch the second half. But I, I watched a post-match uh, con- press conference with Rosa, and he was saying the mentality from before the game, even up until halftime, was always there. Or the attitude, not sorry. not He used the word attitude, not mentality. But the attitude was always there in the squad, which is great. You know, obviously down in the scoreline, it wasn't looking great, but it looked like the, the lads were able to pick their heads up at halftime. Um, we didn't come out of the gates that great in the second half, but I think it was around the 60 or 65th minute is whenever Hazard came on mm-hmm. pretty solid sub. And from that moment on the whole game changed, you know, he, he provides plenty of pace, which at times we lack. I know we have Malin, but we still need more pace, especially out wide. So he has a lot of pace as a lot of depth and uh width which is great for our attacks. You know, plenty of people have been saying this whole season that we've been looking for or needing a winger extremely bad. And he provides all those aspects, which is great. So as soon as he came on, yeah, we just looked like a different team, created a lot more chances, opened up, or we were able to open up their back line a lot more and score some goals. So, yeah, he, do you, how, how do you feel about him as far as like his role? Do you see him getting back to being a starter or kind of like taking on this super sub kind of role? Because he when he came on, he was great and he, he subbed on for Brant, who um I mean we're the Brant boys. We love we yeah. love me some Brant, but uh yeah, he just didn't create much, although no one was really creating much or yeah, making a lot happen. Yeah. So he was the one who got subbed out and then yeah, uh, Hazard came on and and finished the goal. Um and yeah, create a lot more chances for us. What what do you think his role is moving forward. Yeah, that wasn't Brandt's best day. I don't think he had a bad game, but it definitely wasn't one of his better games. Uh, it's an interesting one, Hazard, you know, because he he produces numbers. I know last year he struggled a lot, but that was because mostly of injury. But, I mean, you got to look back just the year before that. I mean, his first season with us, people are forgetting that he had seven goals and 13 assists in his wow. debut season for us which I know he was already in the Bundesliga, obviously, but a step up from Gladbach to Dortmund is a pretty big you know, step up to keep producing the same numbers you have been before that. So, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he scored a handful of goals this season as well coming off the bench. So, I mean, it's a good question. I think it's just a matter of how Malin and uh, Brandt are going to continue to perform coming into these next few weeks, as well as Reyna coming back. So I, I think he's definitely going to be needed because, again, he provides so much width and we need wingers desperately 
So it's just a matter of how we're looking to line up. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it before as, as far as once we get everyone back and fully healthy, like it, it's a good problem that I we can't maybe predict a lineup or give, mm-hmm. give a call on, Oh yeah, this guy's absolutely a starter or not. Cause it seems like up in those uh, more attacking mid positions, like we, we have some options. It just hasn't necessarily felt like it <laughs> lately. Um, uh, but it's good that those options are, are there and that, yeah, we get them healthy. Uh, Reyna, we'll talk about it a little bit later coming back. Um, yeah, so he came on. We got the goal in the 70th minute with which this I felt like earlier I mentioned sloppy, even our goals felt mm-hmm. sloppy. This goal was was pretty clean. It was it was it was uh great work. Uh Hummels, it was off a goal kick. So kind of just like mm-hmm. not even like counter strike, but just just playing well to get win the ball back. Hummels, it came from a big header from Hummels on the back, who cleared it all the way up to Royce. Settled yeah, and then he gave it. Royce it to settled Holland. it. Dish it off to Holland, who uh, then dished it off to Hazard in like such a nice finish. He he did so well to, I mean, a def- it was not a breakaway by any means. Like he was almost falling down with the defender on him, and so yeah, very yeah, good yeah. of him, even as a small guy, to like show his strength to stay up, stay on his feet, and get off a shot to make the keeper like oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's 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 what Hazard brings you. You know, he's not the biggest guy on the uh, on the pitch, but he's. He's stronger than what people think, and he's obviously got a low center of gravity, so he's got a lot of great balance. It's a very solid finisher, so all those things coming together, it, it was a solid goal. And, uh, of course, the the one – or actually, if you, before I get to the second goal, I do want to mention, I know some people I saw on Reddit uh, noticed it as well, but right after that goal, I think, um, right? It was right about that time, or right before that, it looks like. Hummels had this sprint in our, in our, uh, in our third. Uh-huh. And man, I have not seen him run that fast since we signed him from Bayern. Like I have not seen him even come close to that. He booked it, and I was like, "Damn." <laughs> <laughs> maybe I take that all back about his pace these uh, past few years. I don't know. Maybe he's just been. <laughs> he finally heard heard people talking about his pace and him slowing up, and he's like, "Nah, I, I still yeah, got yeah, it." Yeah, just yeah. maybe one one good fast sprint, <laughs> <laughs> one good sprint left in my career. I wonder yeah. how much he jumped up on the intensive run rankings after that one. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. that one's worth at least like double points. However they rank it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That so, was a gr- go oh, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to, I was going to get into the other goal. If you had something before. Yeah, that. no, I was going to, too. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I know uh, I was talking about the first half Mounier giving the ball away needlessly a handful of times, but another delicious pass of his, I mean, now it's four assists. Okay. In, uh, this season so far before. Okay. Yes. But okay, Munier, I want to talk about this because he did have that that great cross in with the assist. Um, but not talking about him specifically, Mollen. Did you was Mollen seem like he was playing wide, like way wider? Uh I think when the lineup came out, it had him like up top as a second striker, but he was playing wide. And yeah. which I I'm curious what you think. I don't feel like that's his strength, and we almost saw it because he had a lot of cross attempts in and a lot mm-hmm. of runs down that line or where he ran out to get the ball and then tried to bring it back in, cross it in, but they were just so ineffective. Um, so I'm just curious if that role for him, like playing, like jumping out wider, like it just didn't seem to create much. And then obviously when Munier got up there and <laughs> it seemed like that might've been, there were maybe some other opportunities, but it was like, oh yeah, Munier's here. <laughs> and when he sends that ball in, we get a goal from it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Mullen, it, it looks like he's mostly plays in that kind of center forward role. And I see like on my app and some other sites saying he can play in those, 
uh, out more out wide. But yeah, I don't know if that's much of his strengths. I know he can't really cross much, which is fine because, you know, that doesn't really seem like the kind of player he is. So it's just a matter of going forward, seeing where he slots in best, you know, whether it's up top with Malin or almost in the hole at times, even though that, you know, I've kind of see where that's where Royce is going to be playing. Because, yeah, again, I, I, I noticed he was playing out wide, too, and it doesn't look like that suits him well. Yeah, I think I feel like more of the uh, the goals and like the really good stuff we've seen from him is like in the box in tight little mm-hmm. spaces where he can just work around and, and like use his speed to work around people and, and like dink it in. Um, yeah, it uses tenacity too. To yeah. I know he's won the ball back plenty of times, like right outside of the opposition's box, and he can kind of dink some in, uh, not from range, but just right outside the box, you know. So yeah. Um, there was a, something else. Okay, back to my sloppiness. Even on these mm-hmm. goals, I I tried to find the the full play because it, it was a great like the, when the ball got out to Munier and he, it was a great cross. Like that little passage that like two passes before was great, but before that, I feel like every replay I, I watched without pulling up the full game live stream and like clicking through to the 87th minute to find that spot to see the buildup. Um, <laughs> every replay just showed the the two good passes. The one out to him and then the cross back in for the goal. But I remember the buildup was like, I think Holland, well, no, that was the third one where Holland lost the, had the ball on the outside and he lost it. But it, it was like some some bumbling around, looking real sloppy, and then like a lot of like dispossessing and just like sloppy. Sloppy is the only thing I can say. It was really sloppy play. And then thankfully it got out of Mounier and he sent it back in for a great cross. But like even the buildup wasn't, it wasn't a great team buildup of a goal. It, yeah, it, was, lucky it wasn't. At the end. It wasn't pretty for sure, but I think we were just a lot more awake overall. We just looked like we were uh, sleepwalking for again an hour straight. So, just a matter of whenever Hazard came on, we just we just woke up a lot more. And you know, it's not like we could get a lot of our you know uh, flare plays going. We're a team that has like a lot of one twos, especially with uh, players like Royce and Guerrero and. Sancho back in the day, but yeah, it's just a matter of having the tenacity and mentality to try to grind out results and whether, you know, that's just Mounier whipping in crosses for Holland. And in this case, Bellingham, Yeah, that's what it's got to be. Uh, God, Bellingham is so good, man. <laughs> I mean, and here he is the next week playing like a center forward, getting his fat knob on headers. And I know when he, when that ball went in, I did not think, <laughs> He scored that. I don't know who I thought it was. I was just like, "Oh, who's this random guy on the field?" And I was he's like, had "Oh, a of handful course, of, Bellingham. He's everywhere." God. Yeah, he's had a handful of aerial goals already uh, before that. I mean, the man just can do everything. It's incredible. So, two-two. Uh, at this point, I'm flying around. Go ahead. <laughs> did you? I was going to ask, how are you feeling as far as did you think we we're going to pull it off and, and get the win at this point? When, when we got the second one, I did feel good because. Yeah. I mean that at that point we're just we're not a team that's ever really going to stop attacking, you know, which is one of the big reasons why I love supporting this team is just the constant attack. Mm. And yeah, I mean, just Killing mo it. mo only fucking scoring bangers to hood. Now I got to put explicit on this podcast, <laughs> explicit episode. We use that for. <laughs> God, to hood is such a treasure, man. What a strike by him. Hey. I mean, he. We, hmm. We've been saying it. We're, I mean, last week I was, I feel like I very subtly tr- tried to just 
express my love for Dehud because I don't know. This is the team we support. Of course, I'm going to express my love for most of the players. I mean, I don't. Yeah. There's. I don't hate any of them. Um, yeah. Can't say the same for Tottenham. I hate a lot of those players. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dehud, oh, man, we were just talking him up last time. We we're like, yeah. I was like, he's he's that like holding holding midfielder for me. I love mm-hmm. him there. And uh, just coming in, coming in with the win. Yeah, he doesn't score much, but when he does, man, they're absolute bangers. Only it was the same thing with bangers uh, only. Yeah, bangers only. I mean, I just remember, uh, well, just last year now, when against Sevilla, it was the same way, and a handful of other ones that are escaping my mind. But just he gets when he gets the ball at the top of the box and he has some space, he's able to pull those off. It's a little crazy that he was left that open, given what was it? Yeah, the 89th minute, just two minutes after the tying goal, you would expect someone to kind of close those gaps down right at the end or right at the top of their box. But well, that yeah, was one found that space. Another one like ball getting bumbled around and losing it. Um, mm-hmm. I think why he was open one, they're just I, great, great on him to make that run and to just crash in. Um, mm-hmm. But Holland had the ball at the top of the 18 with two defenders on him. And so yeah. that's what they're freaking out. And that's what they're worried about is, is Holland obviously, because he can do anything he wants. It's Holland. Um, they managed to get the ball away from him. Um, just no one really chased after it as quick as Dahoud comes crashing in and just, yeah. um, again, from like almost from mistakes, uh, from some, some sloppiness, we ended up capitalizing with Dahoud crashing in and, and putting that goal in. It was great. But I think that was the thing. It's like they were so concerned with Holland, who had the ball at the top of the 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even after the second goal, when we tied it up, Frankfurt just looked really, uh, really deflated. They, they looked like they were really tired and they, even though they looked pretty decent for the uh, before that, but just I, I was just so shocked that we were able to grind out that win. I, I really thought, you know, after this loss, I don't really know how you're going to recover from coming back in the league. And I'm not saying it's going to happen now, but now you have a decent chance. There's one, I, I would imagine Byron slips up one more time. So it's just a matter of continuing to grind out results and capitalize in every way you can. So, yeah. And looking at the table too, there was, I mean, I was looking at the table um, before the game or maybe when we went down and who, who like the, the top four is closing up is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at essentially. Um, and so if we were to lose that, we were only three points ahead of Hoffenheim who just skipped Freiburg. Um, I guess Freiburg's at 30 points. Hoffenheim's at 38. I, how they jump ahead that That's much? That's wild. I I genuinely did not know. Hoffenheim I thought it was okay. Third, I thought it was so. a lot closer <laughs> than that. But we were that that gap between second and third mm-hmm. would have been a lot. We're at forty four. Hoffenheim's at thirty eight. But we could have just been sitting at forty one if we lost that game within three points of them, which just yeah. opens up the top four, puts us more of a. Oh shoot! Are we going to be scratching for a top four thing? You also have to think about. I mean. Leipzig hasn't really kicked on yet, but I feel like there's a chance that they're going to be crawling back into things. It's like things are going to start getting more competitive. So we need to make sure we stay up and we keep our little cushion that we have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cushion's a good word. Cause you know, it's, it's going to be obviously extremely difficult to catch Bayern, but if you can just keep solidifying that second place, because like you said, I mean, there is a, there is a four point gap between third and eighth. So Yes, it, it is going to be extremely competitive, yep. I would imagine, come the end of the season. So you just want to keep grinding out your results and getting wins. So, yeah. Um, so one thing I was also going to just touch on, I mean, this team and the the comeback as far as 
anytime, which happens a lot, like we don't score first, I'm never mm-hmm. concerned yet because I'm always like, there's goals. There's we with when Holland is on the field, I'm like, we're gonna score. It's only a matter of time when Holland goes on the field, or, or when I mean when Holland wants to put it in the back of the net. He didn't. I mean, we needed him, but we didn't end up like capitalizing on him. He didn't do it for us this game. Um, but I there was something different. I think when when they score the first goal was 15th. I almost even that 15 mark. I was really concerned because just how we started playing, how we started giving the ball away. Um, I was like, maybe we aren't going to score. Maybe we aren't going to like even bring it back to one all because it just seemed like I I feel like I, we can get into our mentality talk, which we talked about mentality beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that, that I think that was a big talking point in this game because I saw a lot of positive things about mentality. Um, like online, like people are like, oh, the mentality of this team is fantastic. I'm like, I... 15 minutes to 60 minutes or 15 minutes to 71 minutes mentality was pretty awful. What what I thought it, it seemed like to me that immediately after the first goal went in, like we were off, like we, we just didn't know what to do. And that just threw us off completely. And then 29 minutes later to score the second. And it's like, we're in shambles. And I, yeah. I didn't see us coming back. Um, I mean, we, we hung around, we, we somehow kept them from, not scoring anymore and we ended up getting the goal but it for me it seemed like the mentality was gone it could have been embarrassing uh probably up until like the 50th minute i mean it could have been four maybe even five nil i know they hit the woodwork at least once or twice yeah Uh, they had two one-on-ones with uh with um lindstrom one of their attacking mids Mm -hmm. i mean he had he had two missed opportunities where he was one-on-one with Koble. Yeah. So it, it it could have been embarrassing. So yeah, I mean mentality is still going to be an issue obviously, but I think in a sense going back to what Rosa said with the right attitude and at least trying to still grind out certain things. I know he also mentioned that we produced if I haven't mentioned already, we produced uh over 260 sprints, which is pretty solid numbers. I know we also mentioned last week on sprints, I think we were 6 or something like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, that that definitely has improved at the very least. So I think it's just a matter of finding new structures or building an actual structure in our attack. Because, yeah, there are times that we just didn't really have much of any ideas. Do you think... I almost see while, while you're talking there, I was seeing... Okay, hearing Rosa talk about the attitude, the attitude's there. I can easily see all these guys in the locker room with an attitude of like, we can still win this game and we're still going to win this game. We're still going to get back into it. But I almost see that as an individual attitude. I see all these players who are extremely skillful knowing we're too good for this to happen on an individual level. I almost, so maybe individually great mentality because Holland knows he's the best in the world. People will mm-hmm. debate that, but I'm just going to throw it out there and say Holland, Holland knows he is, you know what I mean? In Holland's mind, he is the best in the world and he knows this shouldn't be happening. We are better than this. But is that more, do we have more of an individual, does everyone have their own individual mentality as far as knowing and thinking how good they are? Because they are all great individually. And are we missing out on that team mentality where they really get around each other and say, we we can do this, not just we're too good for this to happen? Yeah. I mean, I, I would personally say, I think it also comes down to and I don't want to try to come down on, on him too hard, but Rosa's tactics, 
I mean, I said this a few weeks back, but I genuinely still don't know what our tactics are half the time. And, and that comes down to injuries, obviously. But again, lacking a lot of structure in our attack and our defense, I mean, just a matter of not really having many ideas going forward. So that's what I thought was weird too. With I think you see that with Mullen playing out wider. It was like, well, mm-hmm. what's kind of happening here? <laughs> yeah. And and I think that was just a matter of maybe he just wasn't fancying Hazard at, for, to start at the time. But thankfully him coming in and providing that width, we were able to grind that uh, out that result. But overall, I mean, we'll take the three points, obviously. I, I, I couldn't be happier that we were able to win and close the gap at least a little bit. And now it's just a matter of building on this and taking these next few weeks to continue to recoup with uh, players like Reyna coming back and hopefully build on our uh, tactical system because, yeah, there are times where I'm just kind of uh, confused at what I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah, and I am, I'm trying to play like devil's advocate a little bit. I don't want anyone to think that I'm over here just mm-hmm. thinking – we're a bunch, we're a team of individuals and we're never going to get any better. We're never actually going to win anything because we have this individual mentality. I, and I think a win like this does give, give uh, a lot of like solidifies a team and, and gives us that attitude moving forward and, and really helps the team come together a little more. Um, I think just overall, it's like, I wanted to start 2022 a lot stronger <laughs> and yeah, the win was great. Uh, I just wish we would have started winning three zero or or whatever, keeping some clean sheets. So uh, yeah, hopeful for moving forward. Um, and I'm not. I think if you've been listening to a few episodes, you know that I'm not a complete downer, and I'm a very optimistic guy. Just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. But uh, I yeah, did. I, mean, I, I yelled when we when we scored that goal. I wasn't sitting there like, <laughs> well, we won, but it sucked. It yeah, to win. I was losing my mind. My dog was not. Right had no idea what was going on i was too and and these are the games though at the same time that can rewrite your season yeah um i I last year we were in i would argue a worse position and i think it all started with the game at sevilla and i want to say february i think it was yeah yeah it was february and completely turned our results around for at least the next few months so hopefully we can keep this mentality and push forward when did uh when did the coaching change happen i don't remember when that happened exactly uh favre oh i think he got it was fired early. i it think he got fired early. in january i yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. or right at the end of december maybe yeah i think it was right about it, i think because i think it was the the loss to stuttgart the 5-1 if i'm not it, wrong it just it just took terzic a little bit to get things going well yeah i mean he didn't have any head coach experience so he didn't really have much it looked like much of a game plan, but that's, I mean, h- him and uh, h- him as coach is a whole nother episode. So yeah, yeah, no, we, we don't need to go there. All <laughs> right. Uh, so I think, I mean, that's it for uh, the last game. Um, I need to start. I, I feel like I need to start watching like re- the game. I might start doing that, watching the game replays if I find the time. Cause I'm so like, I just so I, I have more of a memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm going to, uh, uh I'm going to be at work for the Freiburg game on Friday, unfortunately. But I'm going to see if I can record it because that, that'll be a good one. I'm, I'm very nervous, but I'm also very excited for that one. Wait, do you have, you have ESPN Plus? 
I do, but I'm going to be at work, so I can't exactly just. <laughs> well, I know, but ESPN Plus, you can watch the replay anytime. Okay, that, that's what I was it. wondering. Yeah, I looked up online if you yeah. can, if you were able to do that or not. Gotcha. Usually, like uh, shortly after the game, it's up maybe like 15 minutes. Like you can watch it immediately, mm. which I wish the Premier League would do. You have to wait like 24 hours to watch replays. It makes me so mad. Anyways, um, <laughs> moving forward, yeah, like I said, we do play on Friday. We got Friday football, which uh, mm. part of me is like, yeah, that's fun, and then part of me is like. Mm. So I'm gonna like take a break from work for a couple hours. Yeah, to watch Friday under hate- the lights in Germany as well. Though we get a night game. Yeah, at home, back at home. Mm-hmm. Do you know the fan situation in Dortmund? I read today that there might be. I think I don't quote me on this, but I think it was 700 fans, which that's literally less than a thousand. That's not a lot, but <laughs> that's good I math mean- there. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't think Bayern had any. Uh, for their game, no, and they have fans or, or any fans in Frankfurt. It was it was weird. I did not. Oh, it was weird. Like I know there's been less and less, and I know there's been some games I've watched recently. Just that game particularly, it just seemed so quiet and so weird. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Freiburg coming up. Uh, obviously, they've been performing way above their or punching a, uh, a lot high this season. I mean, they're sitting in fourth. It looks like yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, they tied Bielefeld right before us, and then Le- they beat Leverkusen right before that. So, I think, I mean, they look a little inconsistent in the last few weeks. So, it's just a matter of, are we going to be consistent? And I I think we'll have Reyna back on the bench as well. I read a report that he might be good to go for at least coming Seven off the on. bench. Yeah, there was a lot of talk. I mean, I thought we were going to see him this game. There's a lot of talk that he was ready to go and ready to make, uh, ready to be on the bench. And then, I mean, Rosa confirmed a couple of days before that. No, he's not. He's not quite ready. But he said, mm-hmm. like, hopefully. And this was last week. Um, and I mean, he was very vague. He just said, yeah, hopefully he'll be ready for some time for a small appearance soon. I really hope that's uh, this time. If it's not, you almost think the uh, on Tuesday we have a Pokal game. Um, so maybe that that's his opportunity to to come on a little bit. Um, yeah. What what else as far as who are missing? Zagadu, who was out for COVID. Um, I know you mentioned here that you don't. We don't really know how how bad it was. Um, yeah. And, so and I don't I don't know what the. Right to it. I know the CDC and the states uh, reduced the time to 10 days because Delta slipped them a 20 and they're like, you don't really need to quarantine for 14 <laughs> days. People need to get back to work. Anyway, um, but Zagadu tested positive on the first. And I mean, that's that's well over 10 days going into Friday. So possibly he could be back. Uh, I don't know. I mean, given if he didn't have a severe case, but yeah. obviously no matter what the case is, uh, all the best with his recovery and hope it's, Hope it's going to quick, you know. Do you think he, if he's good, like if it didn't affect him too much, do you see him sliding right back, like right back into the center back role? I, I don't know. It's a good question because I, I don't think he's partnered with Hummels much um, throughout his career. It's, I mean, obviously been a Kenji in Hummels. Um, so I don't know. But I've also seen, you know, he, he started a handful of games when he came back a few weeks ago under Rosa. So, uh, you know, I was originally thinking for a while if Rosa just didn't fancy him. But, I mean, I think he, he might be a little bit better on the ball because given just how uh, risky Chan is on the ball and when he's playing at center back, 
you know, you give away in the ball in any sort of position in your own third, and you're already in a very dangerous position. Yeah. As well as Zagadou is obviously much more of a physical presence. So I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and besides that, I mean, I think those are the only guys who possibilities of coming back. We'll uh, yeah. find out more. I mean, possibly maybe real soon. I mean, you check mm -hmm. the app and see what's going on. But uh, other than that, I, I would say my my predicted lineup is pretty much what we put out last time. Um, I mean, it wasn't. It was Chan instead of Pongratich. So maybe it's him if if Zagadou doesn't come back and doesn't jump right in there. Um, I, I would say it's probably going to be Chan just because I don't know the state of Zagadou's COVID uh, case right now. But I would say. I would probably slip Hazard in for Malin for this game. I mean, yeah. I would be surprised if Hazard doesn't start, given the goal, obviously, from last weekend. So, yep, that's I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, he deserves <laughs> yeah. to jump jump back in there. He's coming back from injury too, right? So, yeah, yeah, he's been he's been on and off for like yeah. well over a year now. So, so he, so I think he's still been like kind of slowly working back into things. So, yeah, maybe maybe a start. Maybe it's time for a start. Um, so Freiburg on Friday, home game, and then again we talked about the uh, the cup game on Tuesday. Yeah. Another we're gonna be working and watching. Um, I think so. It's Tuesday, one forty-five Central Time. We're in the Central Time Zone. So one forty-five against FC St. Pauli, who's in Bundesliga first two? in the second division. Oh, they're first in the second. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> a great draw. I didn't realize that. I I tried to pull up the standings, but it wasn't loading. So that's just fantastic. That should be a fun one. Yeah, I, I don't watch much of the second division to be honest, so I can't speak to how much of uh, how they play. But I mean, that's not the worst draw in the world. I mean, I think I know Gladbach is still in the in the Pokal with uh, even Leipzig as well. So, I, I mean, I'll take a second division team, True. and <laughs> we're not at home at that one on that one though. So that's I'm not going to say concerning because you know who knows who the fans are anything like that, and it's also second division team, but. I think it, it Tuesday is really going to depend on how we perform this weekend. Yeah. Which, what are you predicting for scoreline for Friday against Freiburg? Three one. I think Three. that's a, the score lineup I or a score line I gave last time. Three mm -hmm. one because I like us. I like us scoring three goals, but I know <laughs> we're going to give away a Holland hat trick. Holland hat trick. Uh, yeah, I, th I think three one again. That's probably just going to be my prediction every single game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the three one. Um, you know, I said we we're going to lose two one to Frankfurt last week, and given that we got the win or came out with the win, and I think this is arguably a time that we are going to start pulling the season around. We finally have like ninety percent of a, a healthy squad. Rosa can finally start implementing the tactics that I guarantee he's been probably wanting to be doing for the last several months now. And I, I don't know, we could have, we could take this momentum to who knows the next few months. So I am going to say not a three, one, but uh, I'm going to go two, one. Two Us. All right. I think we'll probably get two in the first half or maybe one in the first half and then two or the second and like early in the second half. And then they'll probably get uh, a goal later in the second half because we usually bottle any sort of clean sheet opportunity that we have. So, uh, one, okay. There's one more thing I want to talk about before we go, but before mm -hmm. I get into that, I put it in my notes so you can probably see it, but, um, a quick question. Well, Coco, mm -hmm. do you think he'll be in the lineup for the next game? Cause didn't he, I think he just played in, I don't know if U19s or U23s, but he scored, I think I saw. 
Uh, I don't. I don't think he'll be starting, but he. I imagine he'll be on the bench. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I love Mukoko, and I, and I really hope he starts getting game time soon. But it's interesting to see how the um, the competition for a backup striker has been developing with him and Tigas. Because I mean, Tigas has scored three goals this season alone. You know, having an extra body out there that's like I think Tigas is like six four, six five. So whenever you're looking for that last minute hail mary. Yeah. You know, it just depends on who you're playing, I guess. But I would imagine he'll be on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Since he came back from in his injury and he like scored immediately, he's like, yeah, he'll probably be on the bench. If, mm-hmm. if not for Freiburg, then maybe the game on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe starting and I know, on Tuesday. I know you had one other thing to go into, but I have some news updates for uh, transfer rumors as well. Oh, so breaking you, news. I need a button go, for that. Well, I was just going to say, you want to get into that first and I can go into it last or no? Oh yeah, no. Let, let's talk about. Um, this won't be that long to talk about because I am not a designer and mm-hmm. I am not submitting anything, so I don't have anything to run by you. I just thought it was really cool that uh, I'm sure everybody's seen it that the club yeah. announced for their twenty twenty three. Oh, so this isn't even season. this is in two seasons. I, yeah, oh, I originally <laughs> I originally saw you said it was next season. I was like, it's the season after that. But yeah, oh, that's lame. Twenty three, twenty four season. Uh, the club's asking for fans to design design the home jersey yeah which i think is so cool because i really cool. i always see the leaks for jerseys for the next year and every time i see them like for any club not not mm-hmm. i'm not saying dortmund specifically but anytime i see these i'm like man that looks crap but i'm like good thing it's so far out from the announcement because that's probably not going to be the jersey and then it yeah. is somehow yeah, yeah. and i'm like no and <laughs> i just know a lot of people no. are like are hating on the, the jerseys this year, which I think the jerseys this year look cool. I like the stripes on the sleeves. I don't know. I like them a lot, but it is really cool. And I've seen some really cool designs in case you're not aware and you're, you have a design background and you want to dictate what the jersey is going to look like. Make sure you submit a design, just head to their website, head to their Twitter or anything. Um, oh, I do have a question. My question mm-hmm. is if you're designing it or what on a, on a Dortmund home Jersey, do you want to see vertical stripes horizontal or no stripes at all you know i don't think i've seen us do vertical stripes in a while and my arguably my uh, all-time favorite jersey is the 13 14 champions league jersey with the vertical black stripes so I, yeah i'm not a designer either but those would look really cool um uh, yeah just i mean we go back and forth with the stripes every year don't we i mean obviously this year we have it on the sleeves it just it varies, you know. Sometimes we have them all over. We, like, we look like a road sign. It just depends. <laughs> I guess. No, I mean, whatever. the one last year was like, it was the it was the like, like tears, the, the like, lightning uh, strikes. Yeah, yeah. People kinda, said it looked like a Pokemon. Yeah, it did. It looked just looked like Pikachu. So which, I did post. Which, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I posted a Twitter poll mm. asking asking the people, uh, vertical, horizontal, or none, and vertical one with like eighty three percent. So yeah, which. I feel like I saw a lot of people hating on vertical vertical stripes, but I think mm. it looks super cool. I saw one design in particular. If I can find it again, maybe I'll repost it. Um, yeah, I, I just think it looks cool and it'd be awesome to go back to. Yeah, it just depends on how it's all done, you know. Um, if you do think of a design, maybe maybe, and I'm not trying to gatekeep here. I really am not, but like maybe maybe just hold off just like for a few days on the subreddit because man, that is getting bombarded with designs like. <laughs> probably at least seven or so a day. He was like, here's my design or like, here's like what my four-year-old drew, which is great. Super cute. Awesome that your kid is coloring. <laughs> like, man, we're getting That's flooded cool. with designs on the subreddit. <laughs> well, 
bust out the crowns and uh, yeah. get, to, get to getting. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah enough about uh, stripes. Let's get yeah. to your, your breaking news. Well, I was just going to say, lastly, just a, a few different things for going into January. I know a lot of people were concerned of, is there going to be any business done this summer? Is there anyone leaving? Things like that. Any sort of business at all. Uh, or looking in ahead to the summer as well. So I got a few different things here, starting with, I know a few weeks ago, we talked about Dennis Zacharia of what the deal is with him. So his contract ends this June in 2022, and he will not be extending. Mm. And it looks like we are leading the race to sign him, which again, probably most of you already know, but he's a box-to-box midfielder from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Great player overall. Bunch of different qualities you could think of. He's strong. He's got a decent size to him. He's great on the ball, solid passer. Um, he's great in the air as well. So I think he'd be a fantastic replacement for Witzel. I already mentioned a few weeks back. But so we have Zachariah potentially having some uh, a deal done in the next few months. It, it, it will not happen this January. I don't think anything's really going to happen this January yeah. that's uh, worth of anything that's immediately going into the squad, at least. Yeah. But I know also there's people talking about Adeyemi and those rumors have completely dried up. Usually we're like really heavily linked to a, uh, a player. And then right whenever the transfer window opens, we completely back away and people are like, where are the rumors now? So it looks like Leipzig was asking for way too much. So maybe that's the reason that we're kind of backing off for Salzburg, now. And maybe Salzburg, going to, I mean, yeah, from Salzburg. So yeah. wait, did, what did I say? Did I say Leipzig? You said Leipzig. Yeah. Ah, I thought when you said that, I was like, wait, is Leipzig coming in and just stealing it? Because I feel like, do they, I feel like they probably have some kind of like, they get some kind of deal or don't even have to pay or I don't know. They're paying themselves. So (laughs) yeah. You said Leipzig was like, oh no. Yeah, no. Yeah. My bad. My bad. But who knows? Um, So that, that may heat back up again towards the spring, um, but definitely not going to happen this winter arguably not the summer either with uh, depending on the asking price and who we're you know looking to or what sides of the pitch we're going to be looking to bolster because if holland somehow stays we're going to obviously going to be looking a lot more or hopefully looking a lot more into the center backs bolstering the defense maybe a little bit more in the midfield kind of areas mm-hmm. um another one here for i know people were thinking uh or wondering what was going to be the deal with berkey this season uh, Saint Etienne is apparently reportedly interested in them because their number one is interest or injured in the French league. So I think it's just a matter of if they can give him a small contract because I think he earns a good amount with us at the moment. So, and I just don't know if he's going to want to leave if he's going to be taking a very small paycheck. So I think it's just a matter of if there, if there are clubs out there like Saint Etienne that are interested in him, are they going to be able to afford his wages? Yeah. Um, and then lastly, we did, even though I said there wasn't going to be much business this winter, I said there was going to be not much business that's going to be immediately affecting our uh, senior squad. But we did make a signing for our youth team, Filippo Mane. He's a highly rated center back from Sampdoria. He's only 16. Uh, I think he's like 6'1 or 6'2, so he's got some decent size to him. Uh, I've, I've only watched a handful of highlight videos, but he does look like a very solid defender a very classic defender from what I've seen at least. Um, so now that leaves us three solid young center backs, either on the second team or the U team. So now we have Mane, we have uh, Namdi Collins, if I'm saying that correctly. I know he was came straight from our youth ranks. So a lot of people have been talking about him years ago, along with Mukoko. 
So that's two decent center backs, as well as we obviously signed Koulibaly this summer from PSG. So our youth team is looking, and our second team is looking very solid at the moment, especially the U19 uh, team with all these signs coming in the last few months. And and we've always been a decent team with signing uh, young prospects, but this is going to be a solid investment for the future. How uh, old, do you know how old those other two guys are? Uh, Collins is 18 and, or he might be, yeah, 18. And then Koulibaly is also 18. Okay. Uh, just with those young, when it's nice that we're like, we have these guys stocked, but obviously it's going to be a while for them to get ready, especially I think in a, like a center back role. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit longer for those guys to develop to the level of like top, top flight level, top tier level. Um, First team, first team. Yeah, yeah. To say. But I mean, but also at the same time, we're also a team that's known for giving sixteen and seventeen year olds chances. I mean, Sancho yeah. was seventeen, Reyna was seventeen, Bellingham was sixteen, I think, or just turning seventeen. Um, so I mean, I mean, Zagadoop was playing left back at like when he was like six five and eighteen or something years ago in the Champions League. So, I mean, yeah, for sure, it's not nothing's going to happen this winter. They're probably not going to play obviously this uh spring either but who knows maybe come sometime around next fall like late next fall or maybe early 2023 we i I would imagine we'll probably start seeing the looks of depending on their development players like koulibaly or uh or the other two it is uh it's good to have those guys back there though working working up and i mean again playing devil's advocate a little bit asking that question is like oh are they gonna be it might be it might be a while but, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can get them worked in and just have some guys uh, coming up. And I feel like I had another transfer question, but I don't think I do because I didn't take any notes in, on transfers. Uh, I yeah, I haven't seen anything either. All the Adeyemi stuff. There was so much. We talked about that before the transfer window. Mm-hmm. It's when I said I was sick of transfer news because the rumors forever. Um, yeah, like months before, and then it's like, well, all those rumors weren't even for January. It was like Adeyemi in the summer, and then uh, yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, we'd known for months that Rosa said it was going to be pretty an uneventful yeah. January, but yeah, there just was, a matter of looking ahead for the summer, you know. Yeah, I, I was. We, I was going to say there's been a lot of uproar on Twitter over the last like few days. Again, this is me being bogged down by Twitter. But what I was going to point out is that I don't know. I think I think maybe the board said mentioned something. Um, I, I kind of missed it when it all happened. I just saw everyone's reaction, but basically saying, oh, the board's not buying it. Like they're not moving anyone or doing anything in January. I was like, we knew nothing was going to happen in January for a while. Did like, did you really expect anything to happen? And then everyone's freaking out. I was like, no, I don't know. Calm down. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better at, at, at not <laughs> getting fueled up. Fired yeah. up on Twitter. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we're obviously a team that also for the most part does very smart business. So it's just a matter of at the right time, finding the right players for the right contracts, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have a decent signing here very soon. I would imagine just a matter of playing the waiting game and not overspending and not being trigger happy. Cause the last thing you want is wanting to end up like a team like United who are spending ungodly amount of money and not getting much in return. So it's working out great for him. What do you think? Or what do yeah. you mean? Yeah. <laughs> going great. Uh, anyway, okay. I think uh, that's it for this episode this week. We will we're not going to be back in between uh, the two games, Friday and Tuesday. So just know uh, next week will be like a double double recap. Um, 
which could be interesting. We'll probably talk whichever game is more eventful or entertaining. We'll we'll talk about more. Maybe we'll see how it goes. But uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me again. My name's Jake. It's Carver. Um, and uh, yeah, you follow us. I didn't do it last time, so I'm doing it double this time. Follow us on Twitter at the BVB Pod. You can email us if you want to at the BVB Podcast. Also, uh, listen to us on any of your preferred podcast platforms. All of the all of the big ones. A lot of spot. We got a lot of Spotify listeners. A lot of people listening on Spotify. So yeah, but where are the money donations? I don't care if you're listening and donating your your time to listen to us. I want cold hard cash. <laughs> listen, listen on all the the platforms multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it for us. Uh, thanks again, and we will talk with you next week. See ya. Bye.